watching. Before we get started, I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. Today we're going to learn how the Bible teaches us to build up our treasures in heaven. There are things we can do here on earth to make those treasures and rewards greater. But first, Pastor Duane is going to explain that it takes more than just being a good person to get into heaven and that we have to follow Jesus and his examples for the next chapter. We are in a series of messages and we're really kind of going verse by verse through a part of Proverbs, which Solomon wrote, giving us 30 different pieces of counsel and knowledge. And uh, we're going to jump right in. Proverbs 23, verse 10. Don't move the ancient boundary stone or encroach on the field of the fatherless. For their defender is strong, and he will take up their cause against you. Now, you may think that something is unseen, but how many of you know there's nothing that's unseen? God sees it all. Listen, when you confess your sins to God, that is not when God finds out. He knew before, right? In fact, the Bible tells us he even knows our thoughts. He knows the motives and the intents of our heart. And no matter what happens, God sees and God repays. Now, we don't always get justice immediately, but there is always justice. Galatians says, God, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And, and I think it's so interesting. Every time the Bible tells us not to be deceived, we are the most deceived. And it's saying, don't, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. You do something, it's like sowing a seed and there's going to be a harvest, right? You, you cannot sow and not reap, not in the spiritual realm, right? So because you do something today and you don't see the results immediately, you think you got away with it. But the truth is God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you also reap. You might reap soon, you might reap later, but you will reap. In Revelation 22, that, by the way, this is, the, this is the, the last chapter of the Bible. And I love it every time I get to the last chapter because how many of you realize we win? No matter how bad it looks out there, you get to the last chapter every time, every time. You're like, hey, we win. All right. But this is what it says. Jesus is speaking. He says, and behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. In fact, uh, just turn to the person to your right and just say works. Now the person to your left and say works. All right. Now listen, you do not get saved by works, but you will be rewarded for works. If they don't save you, but you will be rewarded. Jesus is coming and his reward is with him. One of the modern translations says it this way, in my paycheck, is in my hand. He got a paycheck for you. There is a reward. And you may not see it the day or the day after. God, how many of God doesn't always pay on Friday? But God always pays. He always pays. Right? So Jesus has said, I'm coming. And I've got this reward to give to everyone according to their works. Now, right before this, and just a couple chapters before in Revelation 20, I, I want to read just a, a, little, a little portion here to kind of help you grab hold of what's, what's ha taking place. This is, this is judgment day, right? It says, I saw the dead, small and great, 
standing before God. And books, plural, were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now, the books, theologians call these the books of works. And can you guess why? Because your works are written in them. Your works are written. And you're going to be rewarded according to your works. According to your works. Right? Then there's another book that's opened. But it says, the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now notice the books were open and then another book. And it tells us here that last book is the book of life. And anyone not found written in that book is cast into the lake of fire, the second death, which we typically refer to as hell. So to not end up in the lake of fire, your name has to be written in the book of life or the Lamb's book of life. And the only way you get your name there is by surrendering your life to Jesus, by receiving him. But that gets you saved. But you're not going to be rewarded for getting saved. Except you're going to go to heaven. And we'll talk about that in a minute. However, there are going to be rewards for the works that you do. You realize this? Heaven is not a government housing project. Jesus said he's preparing a place for you. These are custom-built places. As you send material, he builds. You're not sending anything. You might be surprised when you get there. All right? So here's, here's, what, here's what we think, but typically in, in our culture. Right? I, I just talked to the, elder, the elders, the deacons, about this a little bit yesterday at a retreat that we had. But most Christians think of Christianity as being vertical. Right? Christianity is your relationship with God. It's what you believe. It's your prayer life. That, 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 that is Christianity. It is just this relationship with God. Right? Let me just say this. All religions are vertical. Right? It's trying to appease God. Trying to appease, in, in most cases you will find it's an angry God. Right? That people are trying to appease. And it's all vertical. Right? But Christianity is not just vertical. Christianity is horizontal. And this is what, let let me read to you something that happened in Jesus' life. And I think this will help us understand. In Matthew 22, uh, one of the the lawyers said to Jesus, he said, uh, Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest of all the commandments? Now, you know the 10, but by the way, if the, the rabbis tell us there are not 10 commandments, There are 613 commandments, 613 of them. Now, this guy is saying, which one's the greatest? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
So Jesus takes 613 commandments and he just goes and brings them down to two. Love God and love your neighbor. Love people. Now, now, really what Jesus is saying is this. You love God by loving people. You love God by serving people. How many know Jesus said, I did not come to be served but to serve. And to give my life. To give my life. In fact, Jesus said, if you will lose your life, you will find it. But if you try to keep it, you will lose it. You'll lose it if you try to keep it. Now, literally, what Jesus is teaching, and, and this is particularly true, and we'll get to this, this later on this year. But Jesus is teaching this when he teaches the story of the Good Samaritan. And he's teaching that your neighbor, who you're supposed to be serving, who you're supposed to be loving, who you're supposed to be giving your life for, it's the person that you come in contact in life that has a need. Right? And what, what, what he's teaching us is this, that we're supposed to be doing good works. Good works don't save you, but because you love God, the way that you love God is you love people. You love your neighbor as yourself. All right. So ultimately, whether you do good, whether you do bad, there's going to be a judgment day. And, and Jesus is coming. He's going to give to everyone according to his works. Now, let me just say this. Everybody's not going to be judged together. In fact, I think it's interesting, even back in Psalms 1, it says, therefore, the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. There's a, there's a, a, a judgment for the unbeliever, and there's a judgment for the believer. Right? Now, for the believer, the first, the first question that you're going to be asked someday when you stand before God, the first question you're going to be asked is, what did you do with Jesus? Right? What did you do with my son Jesus? Right? Did you receive him? Right? Now, if you're a believer and you say, I received him as my Lord, I live for him, then there's going to be another question that God's going to ask you. And this question is going to basically, these may not be the exact words, but God's going to say, well, what did you do with the time, the talent, with the treasure that I gave you to serve the kingdom of God and to serve others? Right. What did you do? And, and let me just say this. You know, we, we hear a lot about social justice today. But social justice without spiritual justice is not justice at all. Social justice without spiritual justice is not justice at all. If all we do is fill somebody's stomach, right, and they, they don't know anything about the gospel, we have not served them properly, right? We need to serve them food. We need to fill their stomach, but we also need to fill their soul. They need to hear the gospel. The two need to go together. But in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, and, and I want to read this to you because you, the, the, you are right. How many of you know, when, when you, how many have ever looked at a class picture? Come on, wave at me. Even a family portrait. All right. Who is the first person you look for? And basically it's like, if, if I look good, the picture's good. If I look bad, the picture's bad. Right? All right. Now, now literally... This is a picture right here where you will be someday. You are going to be right here. 
Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, let me just give you a little context. According to the grace which is given to me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. Now, you and I are the each one. And he says, you need to take heed because you're building whether you realize it or not. For no other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So we're building on that foundation if we've received Jesus. And if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So it's saying you can build with different material. In other words, you can have different motives behind the things that you do. And there are things that you can do that are going to be on judgment day like stone, wood, hay, and straw. Others are going to be gold, silver, precious stones. Now the things that you do because you love God, right, and you want to serve the kingdom of God, and you want to serve people in Jesus' name, everything like that, that's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. But anything that you do that is not connected to your loving God, the kingdom, and others, it's going to be wood, hay, and straw. And it's going to go on an altar. God's going to put your works on an altar, and then the fire of the Holy Spirit is going to hit it. Now, how many of you know what happens with hay and straw when the fire hits it? And wood, it just burns up, right? But the things that are gold, silver, and precious stones, they're going to pass through that fire. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. All right? So if you've got gold, silver, precious stones, you're going to receive a reward for every single thing that you did. But if it burned, wood, hay, stubble, it's gone. It's gone. Somebody said, what about my sin? Well, if you're a believer, your sin was judged at the cross. Paid in full. You all know my ketchup story, right? Several years ago, uh, I went down to the uh, cattle company down the street, down 44th Street. Had lunch with a guy from church. And I ordered a steak. And, and uh, I like ketchup. But I like ketchup like a Baptist. Not like a Presbyterian. <laughs> you know, Presbyterians, they kind of sprinkle a little bit. But Baptists immerse. <laughs> so I immerse my steak, you know. It's gone. And I have it. And I, later I, I wave for the waitress, you know, can I have the bill? And uh, she, she says, uh, that guy over there paid for it. And I look at him. I don't know who he is. And he comes over and he takes out his card. He says, I'm the Heinz ketchup salesman. <laughs> True story. Right? I, he said, I have never seen anyone enjoy ketchup as much as you. <laughs> he said, I just had to buy your lunch. Right? And uh, so, so uh, we, we, he buys my lunch. He, he had paid for our lunch. And he said, what do you do? I said, a pastor at church just down the street. So he comes the next week and he gets saved. He gets saved at church. Right? <laughs> How did that fit in this sermon? I don't remember. <laughs> in fact, uh, we, Jeannie and I were preaching up in Rockford like uh, three, four months ago. And uh, he came up after service. He said, you remember me? He says, I'm the Heinz guy. I got saved. So 
If anyone's work which he has built endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet is through fire. So this is what it's saying. It's saying it is possible for you to go to heaven, but you'd have no rewards when you get there. In fact, it is saying there are people who will go to heaven, but they have served themselves and not others. And there is going to be literally no reward for them. Now, your sin, it's been paid for at the cross. 100%. Heinz ketchup salesman. Now I remember my point. <laughs> he paid for my meal and the guy with me. So you know what I didn't have to do? I didn't have to pay. Jesus paid for your sin. You do not have to pay for your sin. It's taken care of. The, the judgment that you and I as believers are going to go through is not a judgment to punish you for your sin. It is, a, it is a judgment to reward you. Jesus said, and my reward, my reward is with me. Right? So what you and I need to make sure that we're doing, we need to make sure that we're not living for ourselves, but we're living for Jesus. That we're loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, and our neighbor as our self. Because that's the part you're going to re be rewarded for in eternity. And, and I do not want anyone here to be in that picture in 1 Corinthians 3 on Judgment Day. And everything you've ever done was about yourself. And everything burns up. And you have no reward. You have no reward. Are you going to be in heaven? Yes, you are. But there's no reward. In uh, Luke chapter 16, Jesus is talking. He says, therefore, if you've been unfaithful with unrighteous mammon, which is money, who will commit to your trust two riches? And if you haven't been faithful in what's in others, who will give you your own? You know, it's interesting that when God looks to promote us, he looks at what we do with our money. I think it's so interesting that Jesus in Matthew 6 he said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves do not break in and steal. He's talking about our money. One of the things that we do that are the things that we show that we love God and love people, love the kingdom, is we sow into the kingdom of God. If we do it because we love God, if we do it because we love people and we want to share the gospel, there's going to be a reward. In fact, to the degree, God even looks at what we do with our money before he promotes us spiritually. In other words, he's not going to give us real revelation unless we're faithful in what Jesus referred to as unrighteous mammon or with money. And Jesus talked about the things that can sidetrack us in Mark chapter 4 and verse 19. He says, in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enters in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, you can be a Christian, you can be saved, but you can let the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, and the desire for other things come in and literally choke your spiritual life to where you are doing nothing because you love God and love people. It's all about you. And if that's your life, there's going to be no reward. No reward for you in heaven. Uh, it's in Hebrews chapter 6 where it's talking about the fundamental doctrines of Christianity. And let me just give you the, a couple of them. It says, the doctrine of baptisms. We just saw some water baptism. The laying on of hands. 
the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So this life is not the end. Uh, how many of you have noticed that, that we've had quite a number of, of uh, random shootings going on, school shootings and just different types of things? Now listen, when we tell people, you came from a monkey, you have no purpose, right? There is no God. There, there really, there is no truth. There's no absolutes. The only reason that there's laws is because our society believes that that's good. But the truth is there's no absolutes. There's no God. There's no judgment. There's no right. There's no wrong. How many of you know you're going to mess people's heads up? You're going to mess people's heads up. And people are going to do stupid things. They're going to do demonic things. When we tell them there is no judgment, there is no God, there is no truth, there is no reality, there is no eternity. But we know more about hell and heaven because of Jesus than any other place. Listen, in Matthew 25, Jesus says, and these go into everlasting punishment. Everlasting punishment. The Bible calls it eternal judgment. And the righteous into eternal life. Everlasting punishment. Everlasting and eternal. One is talking about punishment. One's talking about heaven, but everlasting and eternal, they're the same Greek word. They're the same Greek word. See, I know people say, well, I believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. Well, you can't have an eternal heaven without an eternal hell because Jesus put them both in the same verse. He didn't do it to be mean. He did it to inform us that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. That this is not, this life is not the end. Let me just give you a little bit here. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus literally rips back the veil and lets us see beyond death's door. Now, nobody else could do this, but Jesus did. This is what he said in Luke 16, verse 19. He said, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linens, fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. And let me just say, this is not a parable, right? Jesus did not give people's names in his parables. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Lazarus afar off at Abraham's side. And he cried out and he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in torment in this flame. Now, now we literally, we, we could park here for a couple of hours, but I just want to point a couple of things out. Number one, there is an eternity where you're comforted, where you're in paradise, and there is an eternity where you're in torment. But I want you to notice the Bible says that Lazarus died. It says, but the angels carried him. They took his body, they put it in a pulper's tomb. But the moment his body died, the real man 
the real Lazarus that lived on the inside stepped out. And angels carried him. And they carried him faster than the speed of light. And someday if Jesus tarries, your body will wear out and it will die. But when your body dies, the real you, when my body dies, the real me that lives on the inside is going to step out. And there's going to be two angels at least right there. The Bible says angels, they carried him. Angels carried Billy Graham. Angels are going to carry you to just one of two places. This is not like choosing a vacation. Right? The only way it's the same as you choose beforehand. But there are only two options. One is a place of comfort. We refer to it as heaven. The other is a place of torment, often referred to as Hades or, or hell. The Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. God has set eternity in your heart. You, you are a hybrid being. You live in a physical body and you can contact the physical world. But you, the real you on the inside, is a spirit. You're a spirit. And that part of you can contact the spiritual world. And when your physical body dies, the real you that lives on the inside is going to step out. Notice the rich man, the Bible says he was buried. But in Hades, he lifted up his eyes. He saw Lazarus afar off and Abraham in his bosom. And he cried out and said, send Lazarus that he just put the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in torment in his flame. Right? Somebody says, well, how can that be? That's just a silly story. His body's in the grave. But you just, you, you don't understand. The Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, says there is a natural body. Everybody clap. You've got a natural body, but there is a spiritual body. There is a spiritual body, right? Now, God is a spirit. Does God have a body? I'm going to go like this. Okay, he put Moses in a cleft and he put his hand. God put his hand. Everybody say hand. He put his hand over that cleft and he walked by. And then he took his hand away and Moses saw God's back, the Bible says. So does God have a body? Yeah, but it's not a physical body. Hebrews chapter 1 says that angels are spirits. But do angels have bodies? They absolutely do. But they're not a physical body, they're a spiritual body. Listen to me, right? You have, you're living inside of a physical body. But inside that physical body, there is a spiritual body, right? You say, what does it look like? It looks like you. It looks like you. It's got two eyes and an ear and nose and a tongue and a mouth and a hand. Remember the rich man said, let him put the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in torment. How many know if you've got a finger, you've got a hand? You've got a hand, you have an arm. You've got an arm, it hooks to a body. If you've got a tongue, you have a mouth. If you've got eyes, you've got a head. See, there's a, there's a spiritual body. And so often today, all that we, we do is we just think about the physical. But understand this, the spiritual was here before the physical. And the spiritual will be here after the physical. Now, somebody said, well, what, what about heaven? What, what's it like? Well, let me just read to you a little bit. John makes this description. Let me just say, first of all, number one, nobody wears sheets in heaven. You do not eat grapes and play harps and float on clouds. And there's no little naked baby angels floating around with <laughs> bow and arrows, right? None of that. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
because the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He'll dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eye. No more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, no more pain. The former things have passed away. People think of heaven as being someplace that you're going to go, right? But the truth is, heaven is going to be right here. The Bible says that the first heaven, atmosphere, first earth, they pass away. And God makes a brand new earth, a brand new atmosphere. It is a place, listen, that is not coming. This world's cursed. I like it all. I still like it. Right? But the new one, everything that's wrong with this one is gone. Right? And you will not spend heaven on a cloud playing a harp wearing a sheet. Now, you will spend heaven on a brand new earth. Right? And by the way, the Bible talks about heaven. It has cities. It's a place of reunion where you sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a place where you will see and know your loved ones. Even the rich man recognized Lazarus. He knew who Abraham was we'd never known before. You know, it's where your true inheritance is. It's where your eternal rewards are. It's where true happiness is. It's where you're going to be in perfect health. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Heaven is a real place. It's not a state of mind. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a philosophical concept or a religious abstract right? or some sentimental dream. Heaven is a real place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. It is populated with real people, with real cities, with real gates, with real streets and real buildings. Right? He said, a new heaven, a new earth. Right? He said, the former's passed away. The, the Greek word means it's transformed. It becomes new, more beautiful, more magnificent. Heaven is a place with flowers and streams and hills and mountains and forests. Right? It is literally God rebringing back the Garden of Eden to this earth. And by the way, the Garden of Eden, it means literally the place of pleasure. The place of pleasure. Hebrews calls it a better country. All right? It says that Moses, Moses, excuse me, Abraham, he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for that place that you and I are going to be going to. Right? John said, I saw that new Jerusalem come down out of heaven right here. The Bible says in Philippians, if you're a believer, your citizenship, it is in heaven. And by the way, listen to this. Who will transform our lowly body, that it may can be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he's able to do all things unto himself. This is what it means. You get to heaven, your body's going to be perfect. Woo! Hallelujah! 2020. Skinny. Six-pack instead of a keg. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. All right. And I think one of some of the things that make heaven great are just what's not going to be in heaven. No war, no weapons, no band-aids, no first aid kits, no false doctrine, no false prophets, no political debates, no political parties. 
social, no social anxiety, no prejudice, depression, worry, fear, or pride, no crying, no hospitals, no dentists, no cavities, hallelujah, no divorce, no car wrecks, jealousy, temptation, prostitution, suicide, no eating disorders, no school shootings, no bullying, no hunger, no thirst, no bills, no credit cards, <laughs> no guilt, no funerals, no regrets, no apologies, no sad songs, no cancer, no famine, no fighting, no drugs, no drunkenness, no rape, no sin, no idolatry, no boredom, no discontentment, no purposelessness, no scars, no shame, no loneliness, no devil, no devil at all. Just the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, if you're watching the program today, and in your heart you are hungry for God, but you know you're not right with God. It may be that you've drifted away from the Lord. You, there's, there's guilt on your life, and you just say, I know I'm not right. I need forgiveness. I want to give my life to the Lord, and I want to live for Him and serve Him. If that's you, would you please bow your head? And would you pray this prayer with me and, and speak these words out loud and make those, these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe that he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm gonna live for him every day. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your family on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book and I want to give you a copy absolutely free, right? It's full of bullet points to help you keep on growing spiritually. Now, all the information is right there on your screen. You can just download the book and it is going to be a blessing to you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, the next chapter in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the on-demand page. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. If God is using Walking by Faith to change your life, we would love to hear about it. You can connect with us on Facebook or send us an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Next week is Mother's Day, and we will be having Pastors Dwayne and Jeannie give us the lowdown on how to raise our kids. Have I not written you 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest, to speak the truth, so that you may bring back a truthful report to those who you serve? You can purchase a copy of Pastor's new book, Solomon Says, in the WBF store. This book has 30 chapters of life-changing insights on topics we deal with every day. You can also download a digital copy of this book for free. All the information is on the homepage of walkingbyfaith.tv.